Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Uh, today's show is awesome. We get to talk about one of my absolute favorite topics and some stuff that's been on my mind for a while. Before we get into that, uh, today's show is completely powered by Supergrip ATV Tires. We work, you play. Supergrip ATV Tires are the most dependable tires in the ATV industry. The six-ply aggressive tire features, uh, they feature an available flat preventative liner that resists and seals punctures so that you can venture anywhere with the confidence that Supergrip will get you home. Supergrip ATV is different from other manufacturers. They've chosen to offer quality over quantity. A select group of styles designed to fit most of any type terrain, Supergrip ATV tires are the most durable ATV and UTV tires on the market today. We are known for our industrial and mining tires in which tough, rugged tires are needed for uh, are, are needed and demanded. Supergrip has carried that same quality over into our ATV tire lineup while providing consumers with fantastic choices. One of those fantastic choices is the Supergrip ATV K9 tire. That's the car, or I'm sorry, that's the tire that I run on my Razor uh, this very moment. Took it out this weekend. Um, again, they, the, the sidewalls of my Kevlar have finally kind of broken in. They feel great. I ran about five pounds this weekend. And, and, and not to deter you by any means, but uh, they really, 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 really hook up. And uh, you need to be ready because uh, it's, it pushes a lot of power throughout the drivetrain because you have so much traction. The one-inch tread depth, the Kevlar sidewalls, the, the firm compound that, that somehow acts like a sticky tire, uh, it's, it's amazing. I'm amazed by the tires, but they really, really hook up. So it looks like I'll be doing some uh, driveline replacements and upgrades because I have just so much traction. The tires are wearing well. Uh, the first few rides, it really started to feel like a sticky tire, but now that I'm in them and they've kind of broken in, uh, they feel like a sticky tire all the time, but I'm getting the durability of that hard, firm compound. Super Grip ATV tires. Uh, you can find them at any retailers. There's a shipment coming in mid-May and another one at the end of the month. The tires are a little hard to find right now, but I promise you contact your favorite retailer. Like one of our sponsors, All Things UTV carries the Super Grip ATV K9 tire. Give them a call. See if they've got them in stock. If they do, I personally recommend the Kevlar if you've got the extra funds to do so. However, the regular nylon belt is not a bad option at all. Definitely not the deal breaker. SupergripATV.com, SupergripATV on Instagram and Facebook. Another sponsor of ours is DinoJet. DinoJet has sent me a clutch kit and a PowerVision 3 tuner. Uh, I do want to talk about it for a second because I took it out this weekend and the way that uh, the, the clutch kit works is it lets you fine tune to your application. I mean, some crazy level of adjustment that you can make. Um, out of the box, I set my car up. I run 30s. They're a little bit of a heavier 30. Uh, obviously, like I just mentioned, there's a lot of grip to them. So I geared it uh, for a trail 30 to 32 setup. Um, and it's, it, it really is perfect. A uh, lot of low. I got my low back, which is awesome. Um, I think I want just a little more high end. I don't want to have to, you know, be fully in the gas for me to start building some speed. So what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to give DinoJet a call. I'm going to tell them how I feel, tell them uh, exactly what my intentions are, 
and I'll be able to make adjustments in the weights to get the ride that I want. I'm really, really glad to have them on board because this is the top of the line clutch kit. This is the top of the line tuner. Every single tuner for Razor's Can-Ams uses the DynoJet uh, Power Vision module to send the tune over. I just used the DynoJet tune and I was thoroughly impressed this weekend. Didn't have belt slippages, didn't have anything to worry about, didn't ever feel like my machine was bogging down. The DynoJet Stage 2 Clutch Kit really fixed up my machine. Seriously. I know that it sounds kind of using my ad voice, but really, this is an upgrade that right after tires and wheels, uh, you know, I would even buy something like this before axles and things like that. So, highly recommend DinoJet.com, DinoJet Research Inc. on Facebook and Instagram. Another sponsor of ours is Infinite Off-Road. Infinite Off-Road has been with the show from the very get-go. They offer light bars, light pods, wheel rings, whips, rock lights, and everything in between with a crazy 25-year, you-break-it-they-fix-it warranty. That warranty is pretty much unmatched by anyone or any company I think I've ever heard of. Um, Again, I'm just I'm so glad to have them on board. Uh, they're a huge, huge deal to have, and, and I'm just really, really glad because their customer service is incredible. Uh, I know the owner personally, and he's an excellent person to deal with. And not only is the customer service side excellent, but the products themselves go miles ahead. They are where top-end brands that are thousands of dollars for light bars and light pods, and you know the other end of the spectrum. Infinite Off-Road is in the perfect spot where you're going to get the best equipment for the best price. Uh, it really is awesome. I used their light bars when they first came out, and I just got a set uh, a couple months ago from him. And the technology, how much and how far the technology has increased and, and gone, uh, it, it's really it's really just amazing. I, I cannot, cannot, cannot speak highly enough of how effective and how bright those pods are, uh, how uh, sturdy they are and it doesn't even really matter because they come with that 25-year warranty that even covers accidental damage infiniteoffroad.com code word rocks at checkout r-o-c-k-s to get 10% off the entire website that's 10% off your rock lights 10% off your whips everything absolutely incredible code word rocks at checkout infiniteoffroad.com Last but not least, uh, one of the most useful sponsors I have for sure, All Things UTV. Um, All Things UTV, basically they're your one-stop shop for everything. If it's an RS1 diff, if it's axles, if it's radius rods, A-arms, you know, uh, suspension upgrades. Let's talk about the Razorade Tender Spring upgrade. I ran it on my car, ran it this weekend, definitely softened up my ride. Really, really enjoy having that on my car. Uh, turns your car back into a dual rate system rather than using that crappy crushed tender spring that's on your car right now. Um, really, really happy to have that. Uh, if you're looking for the next stage, instead of the Razor 8 tender spring upgrade, uh, All Things UTV actually offers a Cloud 9 full spring kit. Turn your car into a full dual rate system with crossover rings. That's allthingsutv.com, All Things UTV on Facebook and Instagram. Okay. Now we're up to date. Today on the show, I have Nick from RC Command. He is the leader in the RC rock bouncing world. He is also uh, an excellent guy to deal with, and I don't think there's anyone that likes rock bouncing more than Nick. I, I just don't. 
and and this guy is uh, has his own show on the hill that airs on Facebook. He was doing eight nights in a row uh, during the quarantine here. Uh, I'm sure it'll kind of spread out a little bit more as time goes on, but uh, we cover everything, and I'm really excited to have Nick on. I, I hope you can hear it. Um, we had a great time. Not to mention, all episodes are now on Facebook Live and YouTube when we record them. So go ch- if you miss it, if you want to see what we're talking about, go check them out on YouTube. And uh, without further ado, Nick from RC Command. Get a drink and gather around. Let's talk drivers. Let's talk rigs. Let's talk skill. You've got the best of the best in the off-road racing world. Have a seat at the table with us and let's talk about racing on the rocks. Jump over. Oh, we are live. So I'm going to go over to the Facebook We'll check the live here, and I'll get us all shared out to my pages. <clears throat> Boom. We are cranking out. Um, I just want to let you know, as we're getting this all set up here, I have been stoked to have this. Oh, I'm getting so, There we go. Uh, I've been so excited to have uh, this this go, this, this start. I'm just – I'm elated to be able to talk to you with everything because – as I was talking to you, kind of before we <clears throat> before we got started, um, see here, all my stuff's going crazy. Um, before we got started, uh, I have a lot of questions about some of the things that guys are doing uh, on the racing circuit, some of the things that I have, and then some one-to-one scale things where I think could really benefit um, some of these vehicles that no one has really like tapped into yet. So. Uh, we'll just kind of start out with uh, who are you? Tell me a little bit about yourself and and uh, what are you what are you drinking? Yeah, uh, drinking an old fashioned here. Uh, I'm out on the road. Uh, my name is Nick. I'm I'm from RC Command. I uh, started doing the uh, national race series last year. Uh, had a huge success, and then this year has just been. I mean, our numbers are through the roof. Yeah, uh, we had we had. Uh, well, we started the year um, with the shootout at mm-hmm. King of the Hammers, first ever RC event that was legit through King of the Hammers. They knew we were racing. They wanted us to be there. They wanted it to to blow up, and it absolutely did. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but we had an unbelievable turnout. Uh, and then everybody that got to race stayed and watched the one-to-one bouncers uh, racing uh, under the lights that night. So um, for me, it, it's really all about the experience. Um, my drivers, when they come in, they are drivers, just like uh, the one-to-one bouncer drivers, you know. So it's so cool to me to see Anthony Garcia, who is a driver out of Texas, who goes to national races, and he's hanging out with Timmy or mm-hmm. Bubba Bacon or whatever, just out there, you know, shooting the breeze. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, – I freaking love that, man. That's what it's all about. So, so um, let, me, let me go ahead and just get started because you guys at King of Hammers, that's – not uh, it kind of goes under the rug for people because they don't really realize how big of a deal that is. How did you get that orchestrated and how did you get it set up? Because that's huge. 
Yeah, uh, it, it totally is. And I can't take any credit for it, actually. Um, uh, Colton Hoback worked with uh, Clyde Bynum and uh, all of the management through King of the Hammers. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really those two who led the way as far as um, as far as getting that set up, man. Um, I was invited as a racer and okay. I needed that. <laughs> yeah. I love that. When I first got into it, uh, I couldn't afford a bouncer, you know? Um, so I built the next best thing and, uh, you know, we had, uh, unbelievable turnout as far as, you know, I, I wanted to find like-minded individuals, guys like myself who, who couldn't necessarily, uh, be out there racing, uh, in, you know, the one-to-one bouncers, but they still wanted to be involved. So uh, we kind of touched on that earlier, you know, what is possible? uh, How can you, you know, how can you enter and be involved, Mm -hmm. you know, and we'll get into that, you know, we'll get into that uh, in a minute. But um, yeah, for me, it was uh, trying to find a bunch of, a bunch of other guys, gals, whatever Mm -hmm. that uh, wanted to be involved and, I never got to race. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. As, as the coordinator, you yeah. can't throw your own hat in that ring because it kind of yeah. gets a little weird if you were to win. You know, I mean, a little people start talking, and yeah. you know, you know, just just as much as everybody else, you're extremely competitive in terms of uh, not only the buggy you have, but the ability to drive it and everything like that. And I'll say this: um, I, I kind of want to. For, for those who don't know, we are talking about a one-tenth scale. It's the remote control. Um, there isn't anything, like, lesser about this than any of the other divisions. Uh, I know that a lot of people kind of have the mindset of, you know, or, or, or maybe your first initial thought is it's just remote control cars. But first off, as someone, I got my first full body, uh, and we'll go through the vehicles here in a second, SCX-10 in 2014 or 13, I don't even remember. Um, but it was the first generation and it was awesome. And then I, I like saw, you know, however long later I saw you and, and just this explosion of bouncers that came on the scene. And it was just, it was, it was shocking because where I left it and where it came to, I was just like, wow, this is on a completely different level. And when I got to see these in person and got to see, uh, what you guys were doing, you know, first off the fabrication, uh, let me fix it so you can see my hands. The fabrication is out of this world awesome. Totally skilled artists doing it. Um, the capability of the machines is out of this world. Um, and not to mention that, but like there are multiple people I've talked to who run full one-to-one who are competitive and have won, but they've won more money doing bouncers, or I'm sorry, doing RC bouncers than full size, which yeah. hit the brakes for a second and just say, you know, put it in perspective, I'm going to go run my RC race and I'm going to make more than I would in a UTV or a bouncer. That's, yeah. hey. Yeah. We pay out $500 a race, man. That's nuts. For RC cars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, five, five grand a year we're paying out. Uh, yeah. So, that's all. And, and, and you know, go we got to thank our sponsors for that. Big, mm-hmm. big thanks to uh, Matt Ottman at Team Odd 6 Racing. Uh, the guys at Red Cat stepping up big time this year. So um, like Clyde has alluded to a few times, you know, we're actually getting more help from the RC side of it than we are the one-to-one 
uh, sponsors right now. It, there's just more buzz anyway. I, I wouldn't yeah. say, you know, more help because uh, there is quite a bit more uh, sponsors from the one-to-one side. However, it's growing fast, and, and we have uh, sponsors. We have companies anyway who are stepping up every single I, I get contacted all the time. You know, how do I get involved? Uh, That's awesome. There is there is a little sticker shock. Uh, we you know, but I think that it's because they've never had an arena like what we're providing right now. You know, yeah. uh, uh, we we race hill. We race our our hills are literally the hills that the bouncers are racing on. Yeah, we're, we're darn close to it. So. You know, when when you're out there racing, you are literally in the middle of it. You're right yeah. in the mix. You know, and here's the here's the thing, is you know, there I've built full size jeeps, uh, like off road only jeeps, dual purpose jeeps. I build UTVs now. I've had, uh, you know, I had Anthony Yant's old endurance car. I've got my two seat trail rig right now. Um, I would say it is you you catch me on the it is a 50-50 chance. If you were to walk up to me and say, hey, Jesse, which one's more fun? Taking your UTV trail riding or going to your local place and, and going to go run your RC car? There's, to be honest with you, there is a strong chance I'm going to say my RC. It is the – I don't know how to articulate it really well. It is so much fun, and, and that's the conversation with our last interview that we did, was if you can just get someone's hands – to, to get on the controller and get them driving, they're sold because it's one of the most fun things that you can do. So Shane, Shane Christensen, I, I had him uh, on my show. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute too. Um, Shane Christensen, the owner of the gold rush buggy, uh, 1600 horsepower runs on alcohol, you know, uh, not the type of buggy that you can take out of the trailer and, go uh trail riding with or whatever it's just not it's just not built for that but mm -hmm. but that's not what he built it for you know sure. but um what what he has said is that he can take his rc gold rush built by uh sam up there at uh, rc fabratory uh he can take his rc gold rush and go out and play for hours yeah uh, and, and the family can drive it he can hand the controls over to his daughter and she can drive it mom can drive it whatever but mm -hmm. you can't do that in 1600 horsepower gold rush. Yeah. You know? So it's, it's so funny. I actually, when I talked to Jake and I talked to Matt from Busted Knuckle, I always kind of check in to see how both um, Shane and Matt are doing uh, on the rigs. And the way that Shane's car is set up, it literally, and, and this isn't, again, not a knock or anything, but the primary issue that it has had is that it can't run for a very, you know, an extended period of time. So it's, it is, it is, madness when you think about the amount of money that's in there and the the time that can come back out of it however that machine is a purpose-built work of art and is a is a war machine built for destruction yep, that's what he and that's what he built it for yeah exactly yeah. exactly so. but what i want to do is really quickly um for either our listeners or uh because because right now i would say the rc market for my podcast listeners is isn't the isn't the biggest and a lot of people are probably wondering okay I want to, I want to get one. I've seen them on Facebook. I've seen them, you know, I've seen people have them. What do I want to get? Um, if I just want to use it on the weekend and have fun with it and kind of get my feet wet. And then what do I want to get if I want to race? So I actually have 
three vehicles um, were here with me. Um, I have an SCX-10, a Yeti, and a uh, Rockray from Losi. Um, now, for those who don't know, we're going to throw words like brands like Axial and Losi around. Um, outside of Red Cat, Horizon Hobby pretty much owns all the other brands. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. So um, the first one I have, I actually got to get up to grab this. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say hi to some folks here. Uh, yeah. AJ Condon from Super Shafty in the house. Thank you for watching, sir. Rob Wyman, the uh, Bobby Tanner of RC Rock Bouncing. <laughs> Anthony Garcia, thank you for joining, sir. Uh, this is just habit, man, because I, I do this in my own show. Yeah, no, no, no. no. Uh, hey, Anthony Garcia brings up a good point, too. Uh, you can you can fly. You can fly with these. Yeah. So Anthony has literally flown from Texas to a race, a national race, raced the race, and, le and flown back home like the next day or that night. That's dedication. Yeah. I mean, seriously. But I mean, if, if he won, you know, a hundred bucks, two hundred fifty bucks, it's something. Know, yeah, pays for pays for something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so the rig I have here is an SCX ten two, and I want to point this out because right here you see it's a uh, it's kind of like it's got a body on it. Um, underneath the body, you've got frame rails. You know, it looks kind of like what would happen if you took the body off of a Jeep or a truck. Um, you have, you know, C-channel frame rails, front bumpers, shock towers, and uh, this centralized kind of skid plate. Um, the thing that these are built for is, and I'm actually going to pull up a, a picture online, um, so I don't have to keep holding that up. Um, the thing that those are built for is scale trail uh scale rock crawling trail stuff like that so let me pull a picture up here because i'm not uh talented enough to multitask very well um, jonathan wright black dog photography in the house yeah what up man all right so here's a good one this will this will work eric right. meese miss your brother okay Austin news. yeah there you go with the SCX-10, again, it's made for the, the, the trail riding. It's going to be a little bit slower out of the box. It's got smaller tires. There's two tire sizes, really, in RC. You have 1.9 and 2.2. Um, the SCX-10 comes with 1.9, and it comes with uh, essentially Dana 44. They have a Dana 44 and a Dana 60 kind of mock axle, and they're called just AR44 and AR60. SCX-10 has the AR44. It's more narrow. Um, whereas the AR60, which what we'll talk about here in a second, is, is has essentially full width axles. Um, I personally really, really, really love my car that I just showed you. I love it. Uh, it's fun to go out, do trails, you know, kind of just it, it's one of those things that you can mindlessly do it. And it's like uh, therapeutic to a certain extent. Really, I really enjoy that. Um, now, from the competitive, let me roll back before I get there. If you're going to do a weekend, you want to do some slow crawling, but you want something that can go moderately. I mean, not fast by any means. You're not going to blow the tires off of it, but something you can cruise around and your kids aren't going to break. This is an excellent place to start and it'll get your feet wet. This is also, what's up, Graham from Scotland? That's cool. Um, cow. <laughs> that's really cool. Um, but uh, <laughs> so this is a great way to get your feet wet and kind of just dip your toes because what you can do is you can replace the motor. Uh, and get more speed, less speed, and you can do just about everything you want. Right now, the RC market, the 1.9 support is tremendous. It is, in, in my opinion, 
I'm a little bit split. Fortunately, unfortunately, the 1.9 market seems to be the leader right now from the manufacturing side. So manufacturers really focus on the scale, really focus on the 1.9. You know, we can talk a little bit more about it, but um, this is a great place to get your feet wet. Now, Nick, tell us why this is not something that you can come race at a race. Well, I don't want to say that you can't come okay. race. We've gotten to a point now where, you know, you know, we, we had 40 people in Texas, you know, so. <laughs> uh, it gets I, like, I like to say that I would never say no. If you show up with one of these and you want to give it a go, uh, you know, I hate to shoot people. I hate to say no to people. Mm -hmm. However, what probably would transpire is you wouldn't be in it for the money and you wouldn't be in it for the points. It would just be for fun. But I can almost guarantee you that the hills that we build uh, now, because the machines are so capable, uh, are, are too much for these things. They're too much. The, these these trucks are not built for what what we're doing. Um, so so uh, that the, in the rules it, it states that these are not uh, admissible. They're not allowed. Mm -hmm. um, again, that that is for the cup series. You know, the money, the point series, right? Yeah. yeah. So and I'll tell you this too. You know, so I'm actually going to bring up my Yeti now because you really start to get into the, okay, even if you brought this out, this, this rig out, even if it was capable, it's not, there, there's, there's just limitations on what it is. And, and I'm going to bring up my Yeti. Um, now I run my Yeti a little different. Okay. So let's see here, show you the side that's not broken because my kid ran it into the house. Um, so this is a Yeti. One thing you'll notice different. Um, let me see if I can make this a little bit bigger here. Um, ooh, wrong, wrong kind of different there. All right, one thing you'll notice here: uh, solid rear axle for sure, and you have uh, nice independent suspension, especially on this side. Because again, my kid went super crazy on me. Um, but the reason I bring this up is um, these are actually 1.9 tires, and the scale it looks right. That's the thing, and I know a couple of guys. Um, I know a couple of guys have built off the Yeti platform, but I just don't think it's, it's not it. They missed it. They missed the mark with it. Um, whether it's the steering or a few different things, you know, it's just not the one. And the only reason I say that, and, and we'll kind of, we can go a little bit more in depth is because I actually have a rock ray now and that rock ray, they nailed it. They absolutely nailed it. Uh, and this, so for scale, this is a axle. So if you can't see, it's much larger. Again, solid axle in the rear, IFS up front. Um, if you can't tell, you know, immediately right out of the gate, that thing is about a time and a half as wide, quite, you know, easily twice as sturdy, uh, and is definitely just a, a, a step up. And when I interviewed Rich uh, from Horizon, I asked him if he was going to be doing a Yeti 2.0, if they had plans for that. It's just not on the table. He said that the Rock Ray and the Baja Ray are the Yeti 2.0. And if they choose to um, move forward with that platform, it'll be on the Rock Ray. 
But unfortunately, um, through the grapevine, I have heard from the people that be uh, at Horizon, um, it's not likely that they're going to do any revisions on the rock ray. It looks like it has probably met its final state. And uh, I would not personally be surprised if it's discontinued in you know, a number of years. So now what are your thoughts on the Yeti? What are your thoughts on the rock ray? Well, uh, I think Timmy Cameron has proved to us this year that IFS is where it's at. Uh, so. But I, I think that it was him pairing with Triton uh, that made that difference. Okay. Because Timmy has done IFS before with yep. Moneymaker. Uh, but I want to say he either made his own arms or, you know, he, he, he didn't use it, it. It wasn't the IFS that's needed for rock racing. Um, but this year with Triton, he, that's it, man. He knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Menace, and it's is just rowdy. Up really quick because yeah. it's hard to explain until you see it. Um, the difference and, if, if you listen to the show for any extended period of time, um, you've heard me say, if someone is good at something, uh, let them do it. And yeah. there's some, again, coming from an engineering background. Um, so it, when it, you have an engineer design something using math, and everything uh, is designed correctly. It just, I mean, it's going to work better. Like that's the, that's the kind of bottom line on it. However, um, this is Menace, and and as you see in the middle where you have the big TC, uh, you know, front plate there, um, that bulkhead has been completely engineered by Triton, and that's what Nick was saying. The arms look like they're in a correct, um, just everything looks correct geometric, like geometry-wise. The tie rods are bigger than my arms. Um, but on the flip side, here's Moneymaker. And you can just see it's a little bit more narrow. It looks a little awkward. The arms are at different angles. You know, it's, 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 it, the machine worked and in, in Timmy's own words, the machine worked too well. Yep. However, this is a much better machine. Yeah. Yeah. By far. Yeah. Yeah. And back to what you were saying, he has proven that in my opinion, I think that this is the future. I think that we're going to have one of those debates just like ultra four has where, you know, it's splitting hairs, you know, they'll trade whoever wins will trade. But um, what do you think about it? I mean, is, is, is this IFS and for the full size rock bouncing, is it the future? Yeah. A, uh, hey, you know, the thing is, is we could have uh, Timmy come out next year with another solid axle rig. Yep. And he, and he would still be very, he's so. done that before. So, you know, uh, I I wouldn't say that it's the future per se. I think that there's a lot of, I think I, I, it's going to take new guys coming into the sport like the Paraville Mafia and, mm -hmm. and guys that are more open. Uh, I, I think the guys from the Southeast who are kind of the OGs, I think that they're, they're stuck in their ways. Solid Axle is, is, you know, their side of the mountain. That's, mm -hmm. you know, that's where it's at. Um, but you can't help but look at the success that ultra four cars are having out in the desert. They are climbing shit. That's just as gnarly as what we're climbing in the Southeast. So you, how you can't ignore that. You can't ignore that. Let me ask you, know? you this because you know, you're every single race, you have a really good 
idea and a good insight into what's going on there. I'm really, really big on asking this question, the race courses. So every single year, if you know that the race courses are going to be, and there's a poll on my Racing on the Rocks Facebook page for those who are interested, long technical straight, you know, or longer, more easy hill, easier hills to climb that are a little bit more about speed, some technicality versus the bounty hill. Now, because of the past three or four years, we've had these, you know, almost drag racing to the top, little easier hills. Um, people are climbing, the machines are getting better, like, you know, but for the most part, it really becomes the fastest to the top. Now, an IFS car, fastest to the top, if it's not a bounty hill, IFS is going to blow it out of the water. But as soon as you get to a blue holler waterfall, that IFS card doesn't work there. It just it's not gonna work the same. Yeah. What do you think about it? Because you're at every race. Well, what's going on with the race courses? Did they need to make them harder? What do they need to do? And then what are your thoughts? It is definitely a challenge. Definitely a challenge. And again, I mean, I I don't need as much property as Clyde does with the one to one guys. You know, uh, I can I can build a race hill. You know. And a pretty small amount of space. But um, one thing that we do want, you know, we, we don't want a five second run. You know, that's not that's not fun. But we don't want a five minute, uh, you know, attempt or, or whatever. So um, this year, Clyde has added the uh, tabletop jump. Uh, every race is going to have a tabletop somewhere in the in the course uh we did the same thing at windrock we actually added a little tabletop for the rc race um so i i think that we're gonna see more um i think we're gonna see more just uh technical courses you know and then a nasty hill to uh you know to finish you know to finish the run Did I lose you? Oh, okay. Hang tight, guys. Uh, if you're still, if I, it still shows that we're live, but uh, I think our host went out here. Just say hi to everybody. Uh, let's see. Gary Paconis, when do we get a, an RC dyno? Uh, doesn't uh, Holmes Hobby, when Holmes Hobby have a, a RC, I'm pretty sure they have a dyno. Um, more for break-in, yeah, I think you're right, Curtis. Anthony Garcia, IFS for the win. Anthony's been running IFS for uh, forever, <laughs> since he started racing. So I still think Solid Axles, Eric, I still think Solid Axles uh, race will still be competitive. I, I have no doubt, Eric. There, There is not going to be one setup that's best for all conditions, bottom line. So, you know, I, I think that uh, IFS is definitely going to make some things interesting. I think it's going to make some some people competitive, but I don't think it's going to be the answer. I don't, I don't think it's going to be, you know, the end-all, be-all. Um, Yeah. <clears throat> 
Uh, Jesse is having some internet issues, so I'm back. There he is. Ah, all right. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Let hey, me, well, I was just talking to the crowd, man. Yeah. Let give me one more second because I'm actually gonna grab some headphones so I don't interrupt the living room here. Yeah. Good deal. Be right back. Yeah. Absolutely. Eric, me, things are much different out west. I I totally agree. I totally agree. Uh, Gary Pacona is faster. It gets more advantage. IFS has still mostly driver's game unless against specific hills and terrain. Yeah. Uh, just like Jesse was saying, you know, uh, the waterfall at blue holler, there's no way that an IFS rig is, is going to be able to set a tire up there like a, a solid axle rig. It's just, it's just going to soak everything up for sure. Uh, Curtis hazard hazardous RC off road park, always changing the best hills in RC rock bouncing. As far as I'm concerned, uh, Ram, I miss the kind of racing in the UK. It's mostly all scale trailers. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's not this. That's not what we're uh, we're not. That's not what we're racing. Forgot. Uh, thinking about a jump before the actual hill. Yeah, Curtis. That's what we're doing with the NRRA this year. Uh, to a little tabletop jump after every. Uh, oh, at the beginning of every race. So. All right. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yep. All right. Had to do a little change up there, and then I left my drinks in the room, so I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. So where we left off is we were having a, a discussion about uh, basically IFS versus solid axle, and then discussion of the hills. Um, yep. So what do you think about the hills? Where are they going? Where's the future? Yep. Um, so like you said, you know, the, the, the days of just the drag race to the top of the hill, you know what I mean? Uh, mm -hmm. Showtime Hill, you know those those types of uh, hills are 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 getting eaten up by much more capable rigs. You know mm -hmm. uh, these guys that are running trailing arms, leading arms, uh, Larry Crow running leading arms. Uh, all these buggies, like a thousand horsepower, is the minimum now <laughs> you know pretty much Agreed. like Agreed. I, it's crazy but that's the truth it's legit now um so guys uh, well clyde for instance and, and i can really only speak up for the nra because that's you know that's home for me um uh you know clyde is taking steps to try to make make it a, a course make the driver have to use his rig you know what I'm saying? It's not just a straight drag race where you have a 1600 horsepower rig with coilovers and bypasses. Uh, and it, you know what I mean? So now yeah. you've got guys that have got to use rear steer or, or not use rear steer and get around that. Uh, like I said, Clyde's doing the tabletop jump uh, at, mm -hmm. at every race now, you know, mm -hmm. and then you finish with the big, you know, the big finale is, is to, to blast up whatever Hill, uh, you know, whatever hill, wherever we're at. Yeah, and I'll tell you, man, I'm I'm really critical. Um, I feel like I'm very critical of how they pick hills and what they choose to run. But let me just go ahead and say, first and foremost, I would not want to be the person that's doing that. That is not the job that I want because yeah. it is difficult. And, and I, I even had the discussion with someone on one of my posts this week. It was the poll. Um, DC Thompson brought up a really good point. The hills, those bounty hills, they're out there but they're in the back of the woods where no one can get yeah. to and there's safety issues. Yeah. And, and cause a lot of people will say, well, there's bounty Hills, you know, they haven't climbed everything. Well, you have to be able to a have everybody safe and then B you have to be able to get spectators back there yeah. because there's no, there's not a 
fiscal point in having the race if you can't have people buy tickets and want to come watch it? I, I don't know. I, I hope everybody watching has had a chance uh, since we've been quarantined for the last couple of months. Uh, I hope everybody's had a chance to get out and watch footage from Texas Watch footage from Windrock. Those are the only two NRRA events we've had this year. Uh, look at the crowd. The crowds are growing. Yep. You're absolutely right, man, to, to, uh, to take that group of people and move them safely into the woods uh, to, to, to watch a Bounty Hill, man. It's, it's, just not, it's just not possible. Yeah, and I, I really think that uh, – <laughs> like. AR ARBO bracket busters, um, Nick, with the with the race they did at Adventure. If anybody was there, the way they had it spawned off was there was there was one single entry point, but it spawned off like four or five trails at the top, and basically yeah. they went from light uh, from left to right, which also went from easiest to hardest. Yeah. And you essentially did a you know you went up, and then your competitor went up. Whoever had the fastest time proceeded. Yep. I really appreciated that. I think that that is the kind of thing where, you know more knockout racing knockout was a hit let's make a knockout worth points yep. let's make these knockout challenges where you go head to head with somebody a point um you know there's there's other things you can do but again i would not want to be in this situation to have to make those decisions so i get it but and a, lot, and a lot of the times man uh they're at the mercy of the park owners yeah you know so the park owner says I got pro rock coming in in whatever in three weeks and they're going to race this hill. And so you guys are going to be racing these hills and it's, and sometimes, sometimes it's a pick of the, you know, luck of the draw. Really, I didn't, I didn't know that promoters would say, you know, series a is running this hill. You guys can't run it. That's, yeah. that's very interesting. Yeah. That seems, and, and let me ask you this are the hills that they build for races is that promoter responsibility or is that off-road park responsibility or is it somewhere in the middle so it, it'll be you know it, it'll be the park owner saying this is the property this is the hill that you're going to build what do you need and nine times out of ten the park owner will have uh, a, a crew there with some sort of equipment that you know will build the tabletops for us or we'll build you know you know stuff like that yeah yeah i understand so all right let's get back to it um we now have a, a better idea of of those of those cars now let me ask your opinion what do you think about the yeti as a platform because we're just going to work our way up to the bouncers what do you think about the yeti as a platform because uh, that is a legal chassis to race it is and uh we haven't we haven't finalized everything but mm -hmm. Uh, I think that it's safe to be able to put out there that the NRRA is going to limit uh, <clears throat> the um, chassis plates, the skids, if you will, mm -hmm. to 10 inches. Ooh. Okay. So what that does is it takes out the, you know, some of the um, short course cars. Yep. You know, so the Yeti, Rock Ray, they would be safe. Mm -hmm. uh, but some of those cars that have the chassis plates that are like this long front to back, yeah, front to back, mm -hmm. you know, and here's my stance and, and I get crap for having a, a, I get shit on all the time for having an opinion, mm -hmm. but in, in my eyes, you know, I'm trying to replicate one-to-one -one rock bouncers. Sure. They don't have a, a, a chassis plate that the transmission mounts to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so yeah. 
so um, uh, Sam Dubay from RC Fabratory and I got together and built the standard, mm -hmm. and uh, it does not run any chassis plate. So the transmission mounts to tabs, uh, the suspension mounts to tabs. You know, uh, that's cool. So um, to me, that is that is RC rock bouncing. Yeah. Um, however, we have to realize that there is a huge spectrum of people that are involved, and not everybody is going to either either a have the fab skills, b have the money to be able to pay an RC fabricatory for a chassis or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, so you gotta you gotta consider all of those things. Yeah, and. So let me ask you this. We can talk about this because this will be an interesting topic. Um, there's our good friend over at LaserNut, and he, I believe, uh, this evening, if, if, if I understood him correctly, I interviewed Cody Wagner last week, for those who don't know or are not familiar, um, and he said that, I believe he said he's going live on the Axial Facebook page tonight. Yeah. Um, it'll be on the Pacific time, so it'll be a little bit later than the show airs. Good. However... He has, uh, if you're familiar with him, he's got a laser town. His car has had numerous sponsorships from Axial. Yep. And by his car, I mean his uh, Jesse Haynes Fabrication Moon Buggy and yeah. his Ultra 4 car, which yep. his Ultra 4 car is an Armada Engineering independent front suspension, independent rear suspension. Now, let's make the assumption that the car that Axial is going to build with Laser Nut is going to be the U4 car. It is reminiscent of the... Uh, Axial XO, right? XO, yeah. Okay. So the length on that skid plate does go front to back. Yeah. How does that fit in? And would that, in, you know, just theoretically, if it's if it's an exact replica of the full size car, how would sure. that fit into this scenario? Sure. Great question. Um, you know, and, and honestly, I don't have an answer. But where mm -hmm. we would go for that answer is our drivers. Okay. Um, you know, we have a panel of drivers who have been there since the beginning mm -hmm. they are fully committed supportive of the race series of growing the sport of rc rock bouncing you know and they are uh we go i we go to them i say we i mean clyde and i we go to them for because they're the ones that are going to be racing yeah they're the yeah, ones and, and they should be making the rules about what they're going to be racing against i right. fully i fully right. agree with that yeah absolutely so so uh that's what's going to happen. Uh, there was a new rig uh, released today. I, mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw that. Did you I see did. it? I yeah. Did. So uh, I immediately posted that in our you know group chat. Um, it is labeled as a one seventh scale. Uh, who, who made it? Uh, I'd have to. It's it's a brand that I'm not familiar with. Yeah, uh, me too. Yeah, it's a you know the the true RC enthusiasts know about it. But I'll, I'll be the number one guy to admit, man, I, I am not an RC enthusiast. Or, uh, <laughs> it's, it's hard to say, but, I, you know, I'm a bouncer fan. Uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, so they're saying that it's one seventh scale, but it's wraith size. So wraiths are listed as one tenth scale through mm -hmm. axial. So, uh, the scale thing is all over the place. We, we kind of had a yeah. discussion. Uh, Gary Pacones chiming in, Cross RC. Yes, sir. Yeah, thank you. Okay, Cross RC. Um, okay, I look at this, and I just don't see it. 
I mean, I don't, I, I just, it looks a little bit too, yeah. uh, not hobby grade. If that's, yeah. I don't want to say cheap because I don't have it, don't have my hands on it, but right. it doesn't look hobby grade. Yeah. And I know that, uh, Harley designs where I actually found this picture. Um, he, you know, his big argument is the drivetrain was crap in the last one. So he assumes it'll be crap in this one. So, yeah. eh, you know, yeah. but going towards the future, you know, that that ultra four car comes out you guys ask um how do you think the success of that car does you know because i know that there was also a discussion about wheelbase and that was kind of the discussion about you know wheelbase essentially sets the scale to some degree so you know this car comes out to 15 inch wheelbase for example because which is what a lot of the bouncer guys are running right now um performance wise eh, how does it do how do you think an ifs irs car does well, I, I think that it does very well in the whoops and the, you know, and the, uh, I have no doubt that it can kill hills. But once we start, once you start adding, uh, like you said, that um, the waterfall at Blue Holler, yep. uh, once you start adding uh, ledges and, and stuff like that, you know, but, but that's racing, man. That is racing, you know, yep. and, and uh, I, I really, you know, I would be honored to have something like that uh, racing with us. You know what yeah. I mean? That, that's, that's beautiful. That's, that's, that's what we're, you know, that's what we're looking for. Yeah. That's a Hoback chassis or, or a Travis Vance chassis. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's uh, an RC Fabertory It's right up there with, the, with that. So, you know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. That's kind of how I look yeah. at it. Is, is we'll see. Uh, now, shout out to uh, UC Fab. The guy makes probably the most incredible RC machines and full size machines that money can buy. I don't even. I, I had an. I had someone throw the mon- the amount of money that this rig costs right here, and you might buy a razor instead. <laughs> you ain't kidding. Uh, but you know, again. I'm going to, I'll say this, I'm going to have Kyle on the show uh, and and we're going to talk about it because I personally, uh, I understand when it comes to the craftsmanship of what he does. I think he even fabricates his own A-arms on these vehicles. Uh, And again, for those who can't see, uh, this is a one-tenth scale car, Um, you know. It's it's pretty amazing the detail, but I'm gonna have him come on talk about what he does and because he also does some work for Laser Nut and why he got this piece of work right here, um, just incredible. But we'll have him on and have that discussion about what makes it worth you know the 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 price tag because again it is a piece of art but also um, it is pricey. I think he it said is, it, but but will it perform though? Agree, uh, right? Agree. Will it perform though? You know there there's a big there's a big uh, there's conflict in the guys that are building bouncers because they want about they want an RC version of their favorite bouncer, right? You know, and they want it to you know they they want it to sit on the shelf or they're going to go out and and beat on it. But dude, I tell you what, man, uh, there is nobody out there doing the damn thing more than the guys that are racing the national race race series. Mm-hmm the frickin' Texas series, uh, New Hampshire, nitty gritty down in Alabama's racing this weekend. Yep. Oh, dude. Uh, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Now let's, uh, let me ask you this because, 
Um, I know you guys, you're, I'm going to butcher the name. It's the USD sticky tire that just came out from, yep. is it, is it, uh, Ot six? Is that the name of the company? Voodoo, yeah. Voodoo. Yeah. Yeah. I worked with, uh, I worked with Matt and Chris, uh, uh, well, I don't want to say I worked with them. I, I brought them together, if you will. Uh, talk to talk to uh, Chris for Matt, um, and uh, yeah, it, we're starting to see him roll out. Um, he, the the pre order sold out in, like in record time, uh, and then with all of this crap going on in the world right now, I think they got half the order in, and now they're uh, you know working on getting the other half. So. Um, so let me ask it. My question: Do because obviously, again, it is another investment. It's an it's an excellent um, work of art here. I'm trying to get a good look on these. Um, by the way, everybody, my dogs are about to go crazy. That's good, man. It's a family show, right? Yeah, y'all give me half a second. Uh, yep. What I'm gonna do time. is I'm actually gonna I'm gonna pull these up here. Well, I can't get them to pull up. Um, Let's see here. Justin Hoback, watch There we go. Um, tell me a little bit about these tires. Tell me why they're so, so good. I'll be back in just a second. Yep. So, um, you know, I, I think when, for me, when uh, Matt set out to replicate this tire, this this tire is, is killing it in the one to one world. Um, oh my gosh, hang on. I'm sorry, y'all. No. Brand. Over in the UK, the brand is popular, but the trans and plastics are weak. Yeah, Anthony, five grand. Uh, I don't doubt it at all. Ooh, all right, I'm back. Sorry, playing playing babysitter, and I'm I'm uh, for those I'm sitting in my living room now no, man, because no. uh, because the internet cut out on me. I had to move. Um, <laughs> it's all good. Okay, so, so tell me a little bit. These tires really hook, like they say they do. They they do. Uh, as as far as what I'm seeing, I, I haven't had got my hands on a set yet, but uh, you know everything that I'm reading is. Um, from sources that I trust, they're they're legit. Um, at the time, they didn't have the forty. Mm -hmm. So when Matt set out to build this tire, it was definitely going to be a two-two, and it was uh, and it was going to be a six-inch. So in the NRRA and most series across the country, um, the tire limit is six inches. Mm -hmm. So Matt looking to replicate the 46 inch usd sticky he went right to six inches i mean that thing is yeah. on the cusp now that tire right there that you have up on the screen that's that is not the usd sticky. that's that's a one nine uh uh but very close yeah correct and i wanted to bring this up to point out the differences too these are siped a little bit differently which is the cuts in the tires are a little different um the actual usd sticky <clears throat> pardon me uh that is that tire, correct? Yes. Okay. Yep. So I just wanted to get exactly. the differences um, there for people. Now I look at this tire and I'm like, man, you get a soft foam in there and you get that, that bad boy, a little bit of like grab on the foot. And I bet that would be absolutely just an incredible performing tire. Yeah. 
No doubt about it. I'm excited to see how that compares because obviously everyone else is pretty much running the Proline Super Swampers. Um, is the only compound that they make that in the G8 compound? No, no, but the G8 compound is a sticky compound. Okay, so they have a – have you – have you? do they make it in the Predator compound? Do you know? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. So I but. have – I have the 1.9 uh, G8s, and then I have the 1.9 Predators. I just got those. That Predator compound, look, when I know that um, Voodoo offers uh, like a like – a, if I'm not mistaken, it's a soft, and then there's like a super soft version. Um, that Predator compound tire, especially in the 1.9, I'm not, if they made it in the 2.2, I would imagine it would just be reflected even more. Um, it's so soft. You could probably blow through a set of those tires in four or five races and have them completely just totally, you know, totally chipped off and, and totally worn down. Uh, they're, they're a pretty interesting tire. And um, I know that you have a lot of pull. I know you talked to the people at RPP and kind of got those guys on board, rpphobby.com. Uh, and then, you know, I would be reaching out to Proline and seeing if they can make uh, that Predator compound Super Swamper or at least yeah. somebody because there's, that's a nasty compound right there. Yeah, for sure. No, we uh, we have been in in talks. We're we're kind of in negotiations with Proline uh, as a sponsor. Um, I've, I've mentioned it before. You know, I, I don't want to I don't want to go too deep into it, but it was really down to uh, major sponsors came right down to from Axial to Red Cat, and the only difference was is Red Cat was the first to jump. So yeah, um, you know, Proline again is there. They're supportive of this, um, so yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, sorry, I'm just running through those uh, messages there. Um, I think they're a good tire. I, I think that we're just in this point where there's there's so much about to happen because I know a few things that are happening behind the scenes, and, and we've talked, and there's a lot coming, and I'm yeah, really excited about it. Yeah. And I think it's all good for the, the program. I think it's all good for the sport. Um, it's just awesome. So what I wanted to bring up now, though, is I have been doing RC for, I think, 2013. So that's supposed to be a little bit about six, six and a half. We'll just give it a grace period there. Um, and I have some suggestions and some questions. Um, so I have had – let me pull up a picture here so I can uh, – Dude, I'm digging this uh... – the software you're using, I, I, uh, yeah, I've been having problems with, I use uh, Ecamm. Okay. I've been having some problems. Uh, RC, I, can't, I cannot think and listen. RC, uh, rock bouncing chassis. That's what I'm trying to get at. Um, okay, so uh, the, none of these are what I wanted. <laughs> um, I, uh, I've been using this for a little while. I actually found it on another podcast uh, that I have or that I listen to. They use it. Um, what we're going to do just to get out a little, a little bit of, um, friendly sponsors here, not sponsors, but a little shout out addictive racing, rock bouncing chassis. Yes. Uh, dude's pumping out a ton of chassis. They look awesome. Um, but it's actually going to be a really great chance for me to show, uh, kind of what I'm talking about in terms of my suggestions here. Okay. First thing, what are these chassis made out of tube wise? Uh, well, some use, DOM, it's all three sixteenths. Mm -hmm. uh, some use brake line, um, and some use solid rod. Mm -hmm. uh, the solid rod buggies are a little heavier for sure, but they're stout. They're very strong. Um, my buggy, 
the standard, the built by RC Fabratory, uh, has solid rod low in the chassis, uh, obviously to keep weight down, but also where impact is going to happen the most. Then the rest of it is hollow tube uh, 316, so either brake line or DOM. Sam, you beat me to it. Okay, that was part of what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, a lot of guys that are that are using and buying, I see only solid tube being yeah. thrown around. Yeah. And uh, the chassis that I've built personally, I always use 316 the whole way through. It is bendable. Eventually, there is a point that is bendable. Yeah. Um, so what I see in, in a really uh, – there he is. What's up, Kyle? Um, uh, but what I'm seeing here is down on the frame rails and uh, uh, Jonathan – uh, I'm gonna, just going to use you guys for example. Down on the frame rails, use solid tube. But the most important thing that you can do in these RC cars, in my years of, of working here, my dog's about to bark again. Uh, I think my wife's at the door. Hey, Amy, will you go unlock the front door, please? Yeah. Okay, thank you. Um, uh, <laughs> she's excited so she can go outside. Um, but what it is, if you can use solid rod um, in the lower frame, in the lower section of the chassis and up front, the weight distribution on these things is make or break every single bit of the time. It is make or break. Is your mom home? Yeah. Okay. There we go. Okay. Now it's not my responsibility anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Um, so, uh, so you put the three sixteenth inch rod in the front and then the lower. And I really like what you said about points of impact, basically, you know, points that are going to have these severe impacts. Um, but that weight distribution is something that gets missed by a lot of guys because um, the most important thing, you get that weight up front and you get it low, that thing will climb because in the one-to-one -one world, it doesn't translate the same because you can't put one pound or, or one ounce in the RC world is, is the equivalent of, you know, hundreds of pounds on a one-to-one -one scale. Yeah. So a lot of guys, for those who are listening, um, the Cody Wagner interview, he runs 300 shot uh, in his front tires to give him more um, weight up front. And, and as they're rotating, they'll actually climb over. They'll help pull the pull the rig over, uh, over an obstacle rather than push it up. Um, and one of the most important things is when you get that weight up front, I don't know why guys don't do exactly what you just said. Solid rod and low and in the front and then hollow all the way through. Yeah, that was a really long-winded answer. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's just it's absolutely right. Uh, and also mounting the mount the motor forward. Uh, Huge difference. Yeah, that's something that uh, Sam's been doing for a long time for years now, mm -hmm. uh, and it's starting to catch on. High altitude performance also offers a kit for your bomber. Uh, if you're running a bomber, they uh, he offers a 3D printed kit that gets the motor mounted forward. Uh, and uh, definitely moves that weight dis distribution. Um, and then uh, another thing that I, I don't want to get too far ahead, but uh, Justin Hoback from Hoback Racing has a skid available now. I don't know if you've mm -hmm. seen it, okay? Yep. Yep. And he's it's also got it. China. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, special edition, yeah. yeah. No, um, and... Uh, uh, he's also got a transfer case, mm -hmm. okay, that changes the rotation now so um, so you don't have that torque twist. Mm -hmm. kind of takes the – because those electric motors are instant torque, mm -hmm. instant torque, instant, you know, power. So um, it kind of 
Justin can chime in, man, and, and help us out. But uh, well, what it does is it prevents. So when you when you gas it like that, you're gonna you're gonna yeah. throw one side up, and it yeah. and it prevents that torque twist. Now, one thing I've seen is in a couple of these chassis designers, um, they're not putting rear sway bars on. And they're not making space for rear sway bars. And I think that that's a real mistake, especially if you're going to run trailing arms. Um, if, if I'm, you know, and, and again, I've seen it on Facebook, uh, a couple guys, you know, there's been a couple buggies that I were like, man, I'm going to buy it. It's a great deal. And they didn't have that trailing arm set up and no rear sway bar. I'm just not going to, I'm not going to deal with that basket because it doesn't work. No. It doesn't. And I, I think that that's a really hard lesson learned. And I think it's a lesson that you learn too late, typically. Yeah. Um, so that that is good. And, and again, the fact that Justin has, has you know, kind of picked up the, the torque twist, turning it the other way really makes a big difference. Um, that's huge. That's a, that's a very, very huge thing. Um, what I typically like to do and have done in a lot of my cars that work well is get all that weight moved up front and I'll actually spring the rear end super soft and I'll actually pull most of the oil out of the rear uh, shocks and I'll have it where it's just enough. And I got this from Sam stealing it from you, buddy. Uh, <laughs> just enough to keep it lubricated. And what it does, it creates this extremely lively uh, rear end that not only, you know, soaks everything up well, but it also gives me just enough resistance that as soon as I hit a bump, my rear ends back on the ground and I've got power going back to, uh, back to the ground, which is, the most important thing, uh, and, and I actually learned a lot from Sam where, you know, you talk about the front wanting to dampen and not push you back off the hill. And that leads me to my next thing that I think this, I think you guys are missing as a racing competitive. Justin Hoback actually sent me a message because I was running one of his chassis for a while and I had one hooked up on the car that I had. And I was sending some pictures out of it and I think I sent him one and he goes, I think you're onto something. And it's, and it's the idea of a suck down winch. Now I'm going to, uh, kind of, uh, show you guys what a suck down winch is, um, here duh, 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 because it's, it's a very, it's funny. Um, I'm actually going to throw a little spoiler out here, uh, next week on the show. If everything goes according to plan, we are going to have Ian Johnson on the show. So that'll be pretty cool. Um, but I actually learned it from an episode of Extreme 4x4 where he explained it really well. Um, and what I'm talking about, stuck down winch, is on the front of a one-to-one -one either crawler or rock bouncer, they used to have, most rock bouncers used to have, and I, I talked to Tim Cameron about why they don't do it anymore, and he kind of gave me a little runaround answer. I'm not really sure. But what they would do is they would, like in the picture you see here, they would hook the winch to the front axle and actually suck the front end down creating less space between the front axle and the uh, actual chassis itself. Now, how does this play into RC? Well, you end up with a vehicle that kind of sits like this, but the main point of it, let me, before I get to the point, what it, what it does is you essentially have attached a point in uh, a limit strap in the middle of the axle. Now you're thinking to yourself, well, I'm not going to do that because it won't let my axle articulate. If it's in the middle, it will still articulate yeah, the same. Exactly. Yeah. Because when you are climbing a hill, let's see if I can get this right here. When you're climbing a hill and you go up and you hit that hill, there's a point at which your springs will unload and they'll actually push you off the hill yeah. and they'll push your front end back off the hill. And I, I've seen a lot of guys out there running, you know, really long front shocks because they can absorb more. They've got them 
sprung really soft and they're really responsive. But what happens is as soon as they get to that angle, they push off and, and they'll either backflip on a hill or they'll kind of lose front end traction just enough where they won't get up the hill. And yep. what that suck down is, and I use the zip tie because I'm not the most classy person in the world. I just pulled a zip tie and I would go run it. I'd run a hill and I, my front end would unload. And I, I you, you can kind of see that the front end just kind of loses its touch on the ground. And the biggest thing I did was fine tune that suck down winch, made it where the front end wasn't going to push itself off the hill and the weight combination with the way I had my chassis set up in my bomber and my bouncer and then the suck down winch, it makes it virtually impossible to go backwards on a hill. You're not going to have that issue. Even if you hit it with speed, you're going to, you're going to pop up and you'll see full size bouncers do this. They pop up and the rear end kind of pulls up with them and they'll actually land front end first because the front end is never pushing them away from the hill. That is a very, very, very missed thing in RC bouncing. Just from my experience in watching the the races, a lot of you guys have that front bar hook, put a, put a zip tie, put a limit strap, something, get it fine-tuned, and then put a limit strap on there. Um, that will help tremendously. Why yeah. do more people not do it? Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, Colton Hoback started doing that where he was running a uh, limiting strap in the middle of the uh, chassis. Mm -hmm. uh, down to the axle. Um, I, I honestly think that it's just we're limited, man. You know, uh, the the AR sixty has its has its limitations. You know, and and I think uh, with the advent of companies like Super Shafty, um, uh, Deluxe Fabrication, you know, those guys are going to change the game as far as. Uh, building axles that are going to allow us to do what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, um, you know, where would you really, where would you really hook a, a center? Yeah, I, I agree with you. Strap to an AR-60 axle. When so the way I ran it, and this is just for practicality, and for those who are listening, you have an AR-60 with a with a uh, steering servo on the axle. If you want to just give this a try. What I did was in the truss on the front axle, there's holes. You put one through there over the steering servo. It's not great for the steering servo. It's bad for the horn. It's bad for everything. Don't keep it there. Uh, that's how I always ran mine. Bad idea. And leave a little bit of slack in there and then go from the from your chassis to the, the zip tie that's uh, hooked up to the axle and on the steering servo. And it'll give you a good idea of what the difference is. That's a good place to start, but you're exactly right. Yeah. You're going to have to have something that's designed to, to have that mounting point for sure. And that's and that's what I'm pushing for. You know, uh, the, this sport is is unfortunately it's not going to be for the guys that just buy buy the RC off off the shelf. That's just my it's just my feeling. You know, if you want to be competitive, you're going to go out and you're going to buy an addictive chassis. You're going to buy uh, a hoback chassis, and you're going to put it together with the best parts from Super Shafty and Deluxe and whatever. And and uh, you know, that's unfortunately, that's the only way you're really going to be able to get into the sport and be competitive. Um, uh, you know, where do we go from there? <laughs> you know, I mean, I lost sound. I'm back. Okay, you're back. Yeah. Okay, I hit the mute. I got it. <laughs> okay. Did you do an event at Disney Oklahoma last year? Yeah. 
Okay. The guy who won that was in like a almost stock Yeti ish. Yeti. Okay. Uh, Rock Ray. Rock, Rock Ray. Ray. Okay. Yeah. So, so look, I saw that. And I really started scratching my head because I was like, okay, this guy shows up in what seems like a really stock rig. And it seems like, you know, nothing, I don't know the guy personally, whatever, you know, it was like, this guy just shows up and he's going to win. And I was, I, I really thought on it for a long time because I was like, maybe the the research, the engineering that goes into these chassis right off, the, right out of the gate in the market, maybe these guys who are building chassis, maybe they just, maybe they're screwing it up. Maybe they're just not, you know, cause I mean, Hey, there is a, there is a reason that most guys in the UTV world run a chassis that's made by Polaris and don't go in and screw with the steering and all this and that, because it, it just, it changes how it was designed. Okay. I sit on this for about six months, flash forward six months later and in RC rock bouncing, he posts a picture of his basement and he has, you know, 4,000 RC cars. He's got you know every part you can think of and the caption just says uh y'all thought i just had a yeti and just showed up and it was just like that is why that guy won and, and it's the reason i bring that up is because it is the rig you have it is the parts you have in there but this guy shows up and he has you know an immense amount of experience under his belt there is no substitute other than getting out and running your car, seeing how it reacts. Yeah. The hardest part of this entire RC anything is the steering, in my opinion, mm -hmm. just making it go straight. Yeah. Can you keep it straight? Can When it doesn't go straight, because it inevitably will not go straight, yeah. uh, what do you do? You know, How do you handle it? And that's, that's everything. A lot of guys don't get credit because there's some damn good RC drivers out there, and not everybody can do it. I would yeah. argue most people can't do it. Yeah, you know, and, and we can sit here and, and talk about chassis and talk about suspension setups and stuff like that all day long. Mm -hmm. But just what it, it bottom line is, is it comes down to the guy that's driving it. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you can have a guy that spends five grand on a, on a UC fab buggy uh, and, and never takes it off the shelf, never drives it, shows up to a race and he's got the most expensive badass rig out there. But he's just terrible because he, he doesn't drive it. Yeah. You know, uh, and then you got the guy, um, you know, uh, Dex Browder. He he won the uh, he won the Bounty Hill at finals. He won eleven hundred dollars, eleven hundred dollars, dude, in four seconds. Crazy. With a, a, a bone stock Yeti, it had uh, it had uh, you know some tractor tires on it. I think. Yeah, dude. How did, and and then. And that see, that's one of the rare, not rare things. To me, that's one of the most exciting things about RC because, you know, I, I just had this conversation where I said, you know, it doesn't, not anybody can just show up and do this, but also given the right day, given the right hair, yeah. someone who may not have the world's most experience or someone who may does, who may have it, yeah. it just, pl it just plays out perfect. And yeah. it's rare. You see that in the one-to-one -one because it is just a little bit of difference in the vehicles, but when it comes to this stuff, an out-of-the-box, a $400 ready-to-run rig, sometimes it can do it. Yeah. Some, yeah. Uh, if, you, if it's your day, baby, it's your day. <laughs> that's racing, man. Exactly. And and that's okay. Yeah. Because, again, that's racing. Yeah. So there, there's going to be upsets. There's going to be stuff like people are going to be upset and butt hurt because, you know, but that's racing, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. And – I don't know. There's just so much going on right now, and, and um, it's a really exciting time. Uh, 
Tell me a little bit about the show that you have on the Hill. I love it. First off, I have to give you your props, and, and I'm glad I have you here because I, you know, I, I can put it in a in a post on Facebook or this and that. You might be the hardest working guy in rock bouncing because you don't relent, man. Every single time I like pop open my phone, I'll get a notification going live, and I'm like, dude, this guy. Look, as someone who interviews and does media and things like that, I know the time that this takes. Dude, you are killing it, and I'm super, super happy for you. Uh, tell me about On the Hill. Yeah, man. Uh, so we just started doing – just started hanging out. Uh, I, I miss my bouncer family, Yeah. Um, you know, with all this quarantine crap. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I just wanted to create something where we could all come together like we are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, like I see a lot of the same – the same uh, names in this chat as I see on the Hill uh, every night. And, um, you know, I just wanted to, to create a platform for all of us to come together and hang out, you know, and, and have a drink or, yeah, or yeah. whatever. You in know fact, what I mean? I'm, I'm like yeah, trying to yeah. get this one open over here. <laughs> I, yeah, I, yeah, like, you know, like, uh, I didn't want to step away again, but all I got is some, some needle nose. I'm going to give it my, <laughs> my best. But, but that was it, you know, and, and yeah. um, when, uh, when it started to when it started to catch on, uh, I started people having to say, "Hey, you know, what do you, you know, what are you doing, or how, how do I get on the show?" So you know, my schedule started to fill up, and literally, yeah. you know, I was going every day. Yeah. So um, and, and I will, and I'll continue that. I, I don't know when the quarantine's over. I don't know if we're gonna continue to do seven days a week. Uh, Dude, it's crazy, man. You're literally on every night, and I can't. I don't know how you do it. Yeah. I don't know how you do it. Well, again, man, you know, I love rock bouncing. I'm a, I'm, I'm a fan first. I'm a yeah. fan first before anything. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I love hanging out with, you know, I was hanging out with Jake Pike, you know, talking to him and, and a lot of people look up to Jake and, and he's, he's, you know, beyond talking to you. He's, he's just like, like a Timmy Cameron, you know, you can't yeah. ever imagine being able to talk, talk with him, but yet, you know, he, here he is on, on the screen next to me, you know, and uh, answering questions from the crowd and stuff. So, you know, that, that's what it's all about, man. Making everybody, uh, making everybody uh, equal. You know, yeah. that makes yeah. Sense? Yeah. yeah. I mean, dude, trust me. And, and, you know, we kind of have similar feelings. We're like, I feel like, and this is, I'm, I'm really lifting the curtain here on the podcast. I feel like I have imposter syndrome sometimes where somebody will message me or somebody will send me something or a text and say, Hey man, uh, I'd like to get on the show and this and that. And I'm like, I have watched you race for years and you're sending me a message wanting to be on my show. And it's like, this kind of weird. Are you sure? And, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things too, that even, even with sponsors, sometimes I'm like, man, I'm just getting the chance to talk to talk to these people I look up to, talk to the people, uh, you know, and get other people's answers to questions. And I'm like, you know, you guys want to support what we're doing here. That's amazing. And I'm very humbled by that. And it's a very strange feeling sometimes when, when people are like, hey, man, I listen to the show. It's great. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> I just, I, I'm just talking to one other person. And, and you know, I, I look at the numbers and I'm like, there's a whole bunch of other people in that room when we're talking. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of people put uh, make comments like, you know, I'm in the shop right now, working in the shop, and uh, and I have this on, and it's nice to have the the rock bouncing, rock racing uh, topic yeah. going on in the background and listening to it. So, you know, to me, 
um, when I'm in the shop, I, I don't have rock bouncing going because I would just watch the rock bouncing. <laughs> You know, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm the exact same way. I actually turn on the office. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've seen the office so many times I can yeah. listen and just not right. know what's happening. But I turned on, I think it was like a gold rush video the other day. Yeah. And I was like, I literally I had my tools and I was just like, sitting here and I was just like, watching yeah. TV the whole time or right. uh, busted knuckle put out an, another trail ride revolution video. And I was just yeah. like, you can't not oh, watch it. Yes, yeah, so excited. Yeah. <laughs> but if you got a couple of guys just shooting the breeze, yeah. You know, you can you can work in the shop and listen, you know, and, and really not have to watch the screen, you know, and, and that's yeah. that's what the show uh, really is all about is uh, just bringing everybody together, you know, uh, and I'm so grateful. Uh, we got Reject Fab coming on, uh, yeah. coming up next. You know, um, we do Sermon on the Hill. On yeah, I saw that. That's amazing, man. Yeah. So, um, you know, faith is a big part of our sport. Uh, and I think that, uh, it's important and nobody else is doing it, uh, you know, that we get the word out and, and, uh, you know, I've told Taylor that if, you know, if we help, if we help one person, then I feel like I, I've done, uh, you know, I, I feel content with that. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Certainly. So, so, so you know, that kind of, I'm trying to think if I had any more really like RC direct topics. Um, my I don't know if you've gotten a chance. Have you driven a rock ray before? Uh, no, 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 no. I've, I've fondled them quite often, but yeah, I've never <laughs> so, done so they have this technology in there and I didn't know this when I bought it. I actually quarantine, man, quarantine got to me. I just bought another one. I was like, oh, I'm losing my mind. I need something to do. Yeah. Uh, so they have something called AVC, which is some kind of vehicle control assistant, assisted vehicle control, maybe. Um, and it steers for you and it's pretty good. I'm not going to lie to you. It's pretty good. And you ought to watch a video on it. Yeah. Uh, what it does is, you know, if I'm drifting, it'll autocorrect really quick for me and keep me straight or keep me in my drift. Yeah. Um, I've been using it climbing hills and it's a little bit unpredictable, but I think once you kind of get used to how the car drives, it will actually help because yeah. uh, you know how a lot of times when you're climbing a hill and you get, you, you, you go to the side and your, your car just launches off. That's my beautiful wife, by the way, who just yeah. snuck her head in there. Um, the car launches off to the side. Well, it doesn't do that. It, what it does is it, is it launches and it corrects itself and it'll, when it lands again, you know, it kind of does that initial little hop when it lands again, it actually corrects itself. That's technology that I think I would like to see in everything. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, you know, you may call it cheater to some degree, but Hey, that's it, yeah, that's, that's, racing, that's, that's technology, baby. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of the guys are running open differentials now. Uh, the limited slip. I've seen that. Yeah. So that, that's kind of been uh, a way around. I know that I turn my steering way down. I do notice yeah. that, uh, that guys, you know, that are that have got their steering cranked up, especially if you're going straight up a hill. You know, any small movements, you know, and, and it's and it's hard. Again, uh, you get grown men standing on the starting line with hundreds of people watching them, hundreds of dollars on the line, you know, and their hands are shaking and they're sweating. And, and uh, you know, so when you're, you're turning that steering, there isn't a whole lot of control there. It's either left or right, you know? Um, yeah. So I, I tell people to limit your steering. So when you are going straight up a hill, there's no need to have the wheels go, you know, all the way over it. It, it can, you know, just a little bit. of Yeah. So, 
Now, here's here's something, too, that I always thought about. The thing that makes RC driving so much harder is the fact that you don't have the feel of the car. Yeah, for okay? sure. Because that's, the, you know, I always, always try to nail it down and try to explain, like, why doesn't it, why don't you, why is it not the same? It's just not because, you know, if I'm, you know, if I'm in my Razor and I hit a jump or I'm about to hit a jump, I can either A, tell when the rear end is coming up, or I can tell when the weight distribution isn't right. And that really is, is the hardest part um, of the driving, is, is being able to watch your car, know what's happening, how it's going to land, and how it's going to react. And that comes back down to seat time. But the main reason I bring up the steering is, first off, the steering linkage in the Yetis, Baja, Rock Rays, all that stuff, if it's not solid axle, that steering linkage sucks But um, so I, I really think that that's a super, I don't really think that you can fix it from the factory. It's gotta be an aftermarket support thing, but breakage, breakage in these vehicles, obviously you guys do some crazy demolishing and that's why it requires parts like super shafty and deluxe. You know, you guys have to run, you know, axles in your things bigger than these right here and made a more finer material because um, you have a lot of power and there's just an immense amount of just it's it's harder to react this the reaction time because like you just said when you when you make that exaggerated turn and someone has their steering turned all the way up well not only are you full throttle but your car is so fast the this the servo is so fast that you're full throttle now at full lock and you're about to land on something and you're going to snap your axle you're going to break it it's just common you know it's just it's just engineering it's load it's physics it's it's how it works yep. um so the steering not only makes you a better driver but it also saves your parts that's yep. a huge thing that people don't understand and driver i have i have someone who every time i sell a brushless powered car i have this conversation with whoever buys it look i don't drive this thing hard and i don't you know like it's there it's it's so hard to tell someone or like give it to my kid my kid for example who ran it into the house she just doesn't understand the limits of it if i go out and i climb a hill and i just you know pull the trigger down and i steer dude you're gonna blow everything to hell but it's just not made for it but if you kind of finesse it. If you listen to Tim Cameron, he's not in the full, he's not hundred percent. It's a, it's a finesse. It's power when you need it. It's power in the right places. Yep. And that's the top of the line drivers right there. And half the battle is keeping your machine together. The reason I'm really high on the rock Ray is because I think that that car can handle 2.2. Now I've said this before in the RC rock balancing group, the Yeti, for example, that's a 1.9 car. That entire frame, arms, I don't care what you buy. It's not It's not just not made to run 2.2s. It's not. If you put 1.9 on the car, the life expectancy of the parts is drastically more. You can steer better. You can do everything better. But I really want to talk about these guys, you know, that go out and continuously break in parts. Um, shout out. This is, this is my opinion. Learn how to stay out of the throttle. And you might not break every single time. And yeah. you might you might not, you know, destroy everything. You might still break stuff. You are gonna break stuff, but you're not gonna, you know, break everything down in your drivetrain. Yeah, you you talk about uh, engineering and, and scaling down. You know, if you have a thirty eight hundred KV motor, uh, brushless motor sensored, uh, running a 
15 tooth uh, pinion gear, maybe even some guys run, you know, upwards of 20, mm -hmm. you know, you're probably talking, uh, in, if, if you were to scale it up to the one-to-one -one world, closer to like 2,000 horsepower. Yes, you know, that's a great example. Talking about a lot of power. Yeah. Okay, so when you, when you full throttle that thing into a hill, a wall, a, a freaking house, anything like that, I mean... How do you have a failure? Yeah, it, it, yeah, agreed, agreed. And and I, it's kind of one of those things where you know, you can throw it, you can spend a lot of money on these things, or you can spend a decent amount of money on these things. Um, I've never had to upgrade an axle housing before. Um, and again, I, I'm on the very conservative side. I climb things, but I'm not going to sit there and just fully lock it out. Um, it's just not something. And, and I, I bring this up because um, it's doable people who want to go out and RC, but maybe their budget is to get a car and, you know, I can do upgrades, you know, kind of one at a time. That's most of us, I would assume. Um, that's the way to do it, in my opinion, just because like, man, you don't have to go out, hammer down, break everything, and then and then throw, you know, 3000 more dollars in it. You don't have to do that. If you drive with the mindset of keeping the car together, you can really climb everything you need to climb. Yep. It's just a matter of skill and finesse, and it makes you a better driver. Yeah, absolutely. If you watch the if you watch the Browders, uh, Justin or Dex, man, they are um, masters of their rigs, and mm -hmm. it, it's it, it's amazing how they can just put the buggy where it needs to be. Yep. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. You know, and it's just because they get out and they drive them and they know what they know their rigs, they know how they're going to react. You know, so big big shout out to the Browder brothers, man. They're 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 definitely good drivers. Yeah. Well, dude, I'll I'll tell you, man, and and, and I'm not I'm not by necessarily means don't the conversation here, but like, dude, I was just so excited to have you on because I personally love the RC rock bouncing. I love, I love my SDX 10. It's probably my favorite car to be honest with you, but it is just such a cool time because there are so many different varieties, variations, and a bunch of different things that you can do with these cars. Um, and one more thing I want to bring up before I get too frazzled here, I'm trying to keep all my thoughts in order with people coming in and out. Uh, but portals. So they haven't made an AR 60 width portal yet. Okay, first thing I'm thinking, portals aren't going to be near strong enough with the guy with the power you guys are throwing. That's probably the big like demon in the room, you know, probably not going to look at it, but we're going to try it, okay? Front axle solid, rear axle portal. It doesn't get any better than that combination right there in my opinion. That's the ideal combination. What do you think about that? Uh, I think that the leverage from the portal could be a problem, uh, especially when you're bouncing uh, mm -hmm. with all the weight on the back of the buggy. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, more gears and more parts means more potential for breakage. Yeah, agreed. Very much agreed. Uh, but but uh, I, I think if built right, uh, I, I know that Colton Hoback is – working with some portals I, I know that he's put together a pretty pretty stout combination uh so i, I think it's possible yeah for sure um i i agree with you um let me think really quick because i have one more thing that just came across my mind that i think um the rc guys who really want to get into it um i think you guys might be sleeping on one thing 
and it's it's a picture but i've got to i've got to draw something on this picture for me to articulate it so give me one second um if anyone is not familiar uh with the ultra four driver tom ways i'm about to use his uh one of his older cars and for this picture let's see if i can make this pop up on screen here i am uh still fresh to learning how the screen sharing that's what i tell people every show lower your expectations man yes. i'm not a professional this isn't a professional gig yes okay all right so you may have to get a little close for this one those who are listening may have to make it full screen tom Ways ifs front solid axle rear i sat at my yeti and i actually took it to my office and i sat there and looked at it i've probably looked at it for five or six hours just looking and thinking about how i could do this if you see this car right here and again, if anybody who's uh, out there takes this idea and runs with it, I want royalties. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Just send me one of the one of the one of the frames whenever you finish it. Um, the Yeti chassis is a flat piece of plastic, and in the front you have the bulkhead that sits directly onto the chassis. It goes all the way back, and it it actually it actually is from that point. There's hollow space, and there's the drive shaft that goes up. Okay, the drive shaft kind of sits elevated off of the actual bottom of the the, the skid plate there. The the uh, like it's yeah, it's the skid plate. That's the best way to say it. Okay, if you see here on this Tom Ways car, he has his belly pan trailing arms hook up to the belly pan. All that's normal. But you look down below, his bulkhead actually sits substantially lower than the rest of the chassis. Now, what that does, if you were to take the Yeti, which is a straight line like this right here, is it takes the Yeti and it takes the bulkhead and keeps it in the same location. But because the bulkhead, let me see if I can get a good picture of a, a Yeti bulkhead with a drive shaft in it. Um, da, 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 da. So there's a about a half inch space between the bottom of the bulkhead, perfect and where the drive shaft actually goes into the bulkhead. And my thoughts are, if you can manufacture a, um, a skid plate that, that allows for the bulkhead to sit at regular height, and then the actual chassis comes, bottom of the skid plate comes right up underneath where that diff goes into it, you gain about a half inch because the big problem with Yetis is the belly gets hung up on those ledges. Like we talked about Baja, same thing, rock Ray, Baja Ray, all of it. They, it's the belly pan. If you can pull it up half an inch, that's a pretty substantial difference in the one tenth world. And I think if you can get that drive line poking right in there, maybe even have, you know, if the, if the, if the skid plate were to bend a little bit under and create kind of the, um, the pinion support that we see on, on full size axles right there for that going straight into the differential. And it kind of pulls through, dude, you've made something that a is really unique and really neat. Um, but also you've made something that's, that's substantially more capable, um, right out of the box because sure. you've gained that, that ground clearance. Now I know that was again, another long winded answer, but you'd have to design and have to machine or, or mold the, the chassis there. Yeah. But that's a huge difference. If you want to run an IFS car, that's the fix. Yeah. That's, that's a fix. This is, this is what I've been trying to get through to people as far as building your own chassis, because mm -hmm. when you do build your own chassis, when you start the build, you have that bulkhead, 
you have, you know, all your drive shafts and you know what your wheelbase is going to be. And then you build around that. You know, yep. if, if you are uh, mounting the bulkhead with your own tabs and your own way, then you're not limited to what Horizon or Rich Trujillo or any of the other guys have, have designed. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They, you know, they're mass producing these Yetis, man. You know they're not they're not building it for for Nick at the National Rock Racing Association and his drivers. They're building it for everybody, man. Yeah. They're building it yeah. to, to sell a million freaking units. Mm -hmm. you know? So so that right there is innovation. That's what we need in the sport to keep growing and to keep going forward. Mm -hmm. But I tell you, the answer is not in. Uh, unfortunately, the, the the answer is not in buying a, a a buggy off the shelf yeah uh, it's just not it's, for i'll tell you this not for something like that i definitely agree with you this yeah. is one of those where you where you call a justin hoback and you say hey i don't know where you're getting your skid plates machined from but here's what i want to do here's yeah. the measurements and yeah. you, you know you have it build it in cardboard and send him the measurements and say hey it yep. cost it cost me two hundred fifty bucks to have this skid plate built. Okay, I'll bite the bullet and I'll take it and see if it works. The first yep. one didn't work. Okay, great. Welcome to the engineering process. That's racing. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, we we see the fruits of Timmy Cameron's labor on the hill, but I tell you what, there's a lot of hours and there's a lot of time and and effort that goes into the buggies that he builds that we don't see. Yep. And uh, and the RC game is going to be no different. Yep. No different. Yep. I agree with you. And and I, again, this was it's so funny. The reason I even noticed this is this was a background on my work computer. And I was just sitting there one day and I was thinking, um, so I write code. So I was sitting there thinking about how to fix something. And I was like, why is that lower? And the next thing I know, I'm just like, oh, snap, this guy has, you know, a, he has an ace under the table. And it's really just something amazing. And then this is a completely stolen idea for, straight from Tom Ways here. But, you know, it's one of those things where you wouldn't even notice that he has what looks like almost a foot advantage there. Yeah. Very interesting. And this is old footage, too. I agree. This is one of his old, old race. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Man, I miss these these old school Ultra 4 versus SRS, uh, you know, shootouts. Yeah, that was a shootout hill, and, and they even ran razors up the left of that hill. But uh, that's one of my favorite videos online. Is, is yeah. the oh, man. head to head? Yeah, the the views on there. I, I probably have, uh, uh, you know, five six thousand views myself. <laughs> I get it, man. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. Um, but that's that was just some of the ideas. I, I was able to recall some of them. Um, now let me ask you this. I show up and I'm running a, you know, a bouncer, but it's got cantilever suspension. Is that legal? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's open. Yeah. You know, so yeah, as long as you're running it on a platform that matches the rules. Yeah, absolutely. What about, uh, cause I, this is something you see in the, in the competition world, but not in the one-to-one, -one, but there's nothing that says the one-to-one -one couldn't do it other than possibly strength is like, um, lower uh i'm lower links they go to the axle bent arched at an angle uh say for example coming uh you know what i'm saying like yeah. that um is that legal yeah yeah absolutely uh, i mean you know factory uh factory um wraith links are bent yeah. already mm -hmm. yeah to to uh 
But I will say, though, as far as engineering goes, is is uh, nothing is going to be stronger than those links being straight. Yep, you're Just right. Start to bend them. You know, it's, but but it's it's the it's the do I want to play? You know, you're in blackjack. Do I want to play a six or do I want to? How are you going to play your ace? That's yep. how you play it. You know, right. it could That's be the thing that right. kills me, or it could be the thing that makes me hit uh, blackjack. So, yep. I agree with you. And one thing for those who who are now thinking about bent lower links, got to watch out for your pinion. That pinion gets exposed when you have that link up, and that is a much worse break and very vulnerable. So, I eh, don't know. I've done the measurements on myself. I actually run a 15-inch wheelbase on my SCX-10. On the SCX-10, if I put even a 15-degree bend or, you know, even a just a 170-degree, a you know, it'd be 170 with the obtuse angle there. But anyways, a 15-degree bend will put it in the pinion angle's toast. So it's not worth doing on that rig. There's a point where that wheelbase starts to really hurt you. Um, if you're going to do something like angled arms and all that, but uh, again, it's so interesting, so yeah. interesting to think about. And this is this is the, why I've been so excited to talk to you is because um, just had all these little thoughts rolling around and, and, and things coming out, and it's like um, there's there's a good place to talk about it. But some of this stuff, I'm like, man, if I show up to a race and I build this and I smoke everybody, which 90% chance probably wouldn't happen because you guys got some legit racers out there. Uh, you know, it'd be one of those, like, oh, I want to keep my secrets, but I want to so excited about getting the chance to talk to you about it all. Uh, that it's and, and I just want to say, man, like, you know, I, I love this stuff and I'm a fan, but there are guys out there that are much, much smarter than I am. Uh, if you're not part of the RC rock bouncing group on Facebook, <laughs> please join. Uh, make sure that you answer yes to the uh, the questions, you know what I mean. We we do have we do want to make sure that we're keeping it bouncer, but uh, you know please join that group and pick the brain of the Justin Hobacks, you know the yep. Travis Vances, you know ask questions, man, because it is a great place to get information. Uh, yeah, it definitely uh, is. Um, in fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up here for anybody that's not. A We lost Jesse again. Sam Dubay in the house. Anthony Garcia, Nick Scaler too. No, man. Nope. I'm fighting it to the very end. Anthony, yeah. No, man. Uh, you know, you're running the B2 bomber. It is not my day. There you back. There you back. Not my day. <laughs> but uh, anyways, when I, I forgot what I was even getting at. My dog barked, and all of a sudden, my, my internet froze. So, <laughs> <laughs> nice. yeah. Um, but that's pretty much all I had to talk about. We're right at about an hour and a half. I know we actually went over a little bit of what we were hoping to do, but um, I loved every single minute of it. Is there anything else that you want to talk about we missed? No, man, I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, I definitely want to have you on the hill. Of course. Of course. Us, so we'll set that up, make a date for that. Of course. But, uh, yeah, man, thank you, everybody, for that's watching. Uh, definitely thank you, Jesse, for, for getting me on here. Dude, I've, I've, I've told you earlier in the episode, and I'll tell you again, um, I got a lot of respect for you. There's not a lot of people that um, are really out there killing it and taking advantage of the quarantine time. Dude, killing it. 
taking advantage and doing awesome. So super happy to have you on. Thank you for making time for me. Uh, do you happen to be in a hotel room by chance? Is that uh, right? are you? Oh, what? Oh. I am. We, we might have <laughs> we might have a on the hill episode actually on the hill. So well, I won't. Do I don't it. want to spoil it. So don't nope. tell me. Don't tell me anymore. Uh, <laughs> so, stay tuned. Yeah, absolutely. But with that, uh, what we'll do is we'll actually end the broadcast and we'll stay online. We'll chat okay. for a few minutes and uh, yep. we'll go from there. Everybody, thank you. Um, okay. Also, thank you. my my uh, nice banner that I had originally when we started here. Uh, thanks to Super Grip ATV, Dino Jet, Infinite Off-Road, and All Things UTV for sponsoring the show. Uh, but with that, have a great evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is completely powered by Supergrip ATV tires. We work, you play. Supergrip ATV tires are the most dependable tires in the ATV industry. The six ply aggressive tire features, uh, they feature an available flat preventative liner that resists and seals punctures so that you can venture anywhere with the confidence that Supergrip will get you home. Supergrip ATV is different from other manufacturers They've chosen to offer quality over quantity. A select group of styles designed to fit most of any type terrain, Supergrip ATV tires are the most durable ATV and UTV tires on the market today. We are known for our industrial and mining tires in which tough, rugged tires are needed, for, uh, are, are needed and demanded. Supergrip has carried that same quality over into our ATV tire lineup while providing consumers with fantastic choices. One of those fantastic choices is the Supergrip ATV K9 tire. That's the car, or I'm sorry, that's the tire that I run on my Razor uh, this very moment. Took it out this weekend. Um, again, they, the, the sidewalls in my Kevlar have finally kind of broken in. They feel great. I ran about five pounds this weekend. And, and, and not to deter you by any means, but uh, they really, 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 really hook up and uh, you need to be ready because uh, it's, it pushes a lot of power throughout the drivetrain because you have so much traction. The one inch tread depth, the Kevlar sidewalls, the, the firm compound that, that somehow acts like a sticky tire, uh, it's, it's amazing. I'm amazed by the tires, but they really, really hook up. So it looks like I'll be doing some uh, driveline replacements and upgrades because I have just so much traction. The tires are wearing well. Uh, the first few rides, it really started to feel like a sticky tire, but now that I'm in them and they've kind of broken in, uh, they feel like a sticky tire all the time, but I'm getting the durability of that hard, firm compound. Super Grip ATV tires. Uh, you can find them at any retailers. There's a shipment coming in mid-May and another one at the end of the month. The tires are a little hard to find right now, but I promise you contact your favorite retailer. Like one of our sponsors, All Things UTV carries the Super Grip ATV K9 tire. Give them a call, see if they've got them in stock. If they do, I personally recommend the Kevlar if you've got the extra funds to do so. However, the regular nylon belt is not a bad option at all. Definitely not the deal breaker. SupergripATV.com, SupergripATV on Instagram and Facebook. Another sponsor of ours is DinoJet. DinoJet has sent me a clutch kit and a PowerVision 3 tuner. Uh, I do want to talk about it for a second because I took it out this weekend and the way that uh, the, the clutch kit works is it lets you fine tune to your application. I mean, some crazy level 
of adjustment that you can make. Um, out of the box, I set my car up. I run 30s. They're a little bit of a heavier 30. Uh, obviously, like I just mentioned, there's a lot of grip to them. So I geared it uh, for a trail 30 to 32 setup. Um, and it's, it, it really is perfect. A uh, lot of low. I got my low back, which is awesome. Um, I think I want just a little more high end. I don't want to have to you know, be fully in the gas for me to start building some speed. So what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to give Dynajet a call. I'm going to tell them how I feel, tell them uh, exactly what my intentions are, and I'll be able to make adjustments in the weights to get the ride that I want. I'm really, really glad to have them on board because this is the top of the line clutch kit. This is the top of the line tuner. Every single tuner for Razors Can-Ams uses the DinoJet uh, Power Vision module to send the tune over. I just used the DinoJet tune and I was thoroughly impressed this weekend. Didn't have belt slippages, didn't have anything to worry about, didn't ever feel like my machine was bogging down. The DinoJet Stage 2 clutch kit really fixed up my machine. Seriously. I know that it sounds kind of amusing my ad voice, but really, this is an upgrade that right after tires and wheels, uh, you know, I would even buy something like this before axles and things like that. So, highly recommend DinoJet.com, DinoJet Research Inc. on Facebook and Instagram. Another sponsor of ours is Infinite Off-Road. Infinite Off-Road has been with the show from the very get-go. They offer light bars, light pods, wheel rings, whips rock lights, and everything in between with a crazy 25-year, you-break-it-they-fix-it warranty. That warranty is pretty much unmatched by anyone or any company I think I've ever heard of. Um, again, I'm just I'm so glad to have them on board. Uh, they're a huge, huge deal to have, and, and I'm just really, really glad because their customer service is incredible. Uh, I know the owner personally, and he's an excellent person to deal with. And not only is the customer service side excellent, but the products themselves go miles ahead. They are where top-end brands that are thousands of dollars for light bars and light pods and you know the other end of the spectrum. Infinite Off-Road is in the perfect spot where you're gonna get the best equipment for the best price. Uh, it really is awesome. I used their light bars when they first came out and I just got a set uh, a couple months ago from him and the technology, how much and how far the technology has increased and, and gone, uh, it, it's really, it's really just amazing. I, I cannot, cannot, cannot speak highly enough of how effective and how bright those pods are, uh, how uh, sturdy they are, and it doesn't even really matter because they come with that 25-year warranty that even covers accidental damage. InfiniteOffRoad.com code word rocks at checkout r-o-c-k-s to get 10 percent off the entire website that's 10 percent off your rock lights 10 percent off your whips everything absolutely incredible code word rocks at checkout infiniteoffroad.com last but not least uh one of the most useful sponsors i have for sure all things utv um all things utv Basically, they're your one-stop shop for everything. If it's an RS1 diff, if it's axles, if it's radius rods, A-arms, you know, uh, suspension upgrades. Let's talk about the Razorade Tender Spring upgrade. I ran it on my car, ran it this weekend, definitely softened up my ride. Really, really enjoy having that on my car. Uh, turns your car back into a dual-rate system rather than using that crappy crushed Tender Spring that's on your car right now. Um, 
Really, really happy to have that. Uh, if you're looking for the next stage, instead of the Razer 8 Tender Spring upgrade, uh, All Things UTV actually offers a Cloud 9 full spring kit, turn your car into a full dual rate system with crossover rings. That's allthingsutv.com, All Things UTV on Facebook and Instagram. Okay, now we're up to date. Today on the show, I have Nick from RC Command. He is the leader in the RC rock bouncing world. He is also uh, an excellent guy to deal with, and I don't think there's anyone that likes rock bouncing more than Nick. I, I just don't. And and this guy is uh, has his own show on the Hill that airs on Facebook. He was doing eight nights in a row uh, during the quarantine here. Uh, I'm sure it'll kind of spread out a little bit more as time goes on, but uh, we cover everything, and I'm really excited to have Nick on. I, I hope you can hear it. Um, we had a great time. Not to mention, all episodes are now on Facebook Live and YouTube when we record them. So go ch- if you miss it, if you want to see what we're talking about, go check them out on YouTube. And uh, without further ado, Nick from RC Command. 